0: Seven weeks ago, I kicked off a sermon series called A Letter to London. And the idea around that sermon series was that um, every single person who's encountered the love of God is called to respond with words and action. In fact, every single person sitting here today and watching online who's encountered the extraordinary love of God is like a letter being sent out to London to carry the message of God's love with our words, but also to embody the love of God with our actions. And today is the 4th of December, 2022. I am not sure how this has happened, but we have reached the end of the year. And today is the first Sunday in the last month of the year. And as the year kind of draws to a close, And as we um, think about and reflect on how has 2022 been, I realised that today will probably be the last talk I give on this side of 2022. And so I started thinking about what um, I might want to say. And if you'll allow me, today I want to share with you a kind of letter that I've written to God And the talk title is called, Three Reasons I Love You, God, from Luke 1. Our passage today is taken from Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. And it's the story of Mary and her decision over 2,000 years ago to say yes to God. You know, for a long time, there was a period of silence and waiting for the people of God where nothing seemed to be happening. And it would be quite natural, I guess, for the people of God to think that God had forgotten them, that actually the things that God had spoken might not actually happen. They had been waiting for a very long time for God to move. And that idea about the people of God got me thinking I was like, the people of this nation have been waiting for a very long time. They have been waiting for 56 years for football to come home. (laughs) Now, I know nothing about football, but I do know that 56 years is a very long time. And I've always been struck by the football fans of this nation. It's like no matter how slim the chances or how bad things look, these people believe every four years that it's still possible for football to come home. They are like a model of football faith to the world. They believe that the impossible is possible. And tonight at seven o'clock, when England plays Senegal, those crazy football fans will be at it again. But bringing it back to Mary, our model of faith for today, after a long time of not much happening, out of nowhere, God moves. God draws close and Mary responds. And the way that Mary responds blows my mind. I tried to talk to the team of whether they could put the mind-blown emoji on the screen, but I think they said it was technically not possible. (laughs) When God moves, when God draws close, Mary responds with honesty, with humility, and with her heart. And I'm going to read to you now from Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So, three reasons I love you from Luke 1. Reason number one I love you, God, because you favor the hidden. The world feels like it's changing right before my very eyes. And this year, one question I've been wrestling with is, do I like remote or in person? Do I like working remote or do I like working in person? Do I need to show up to that event remotely or in person? Can I do that thing online or am I going to have to show up in person? And I've come to realise after much wrestling with this question, that when it comes to the best things in life, in person is probably better. I mean, you might go on a dating app online to meet someone, but eventually you're going to want to meet in person. When I think about Christmas Day this year, I think of what I want to do. And I don't think I really want to log on to Zoom online if it's possible. I want to be up close, in person, particularly after the kind of Christmas we've had for the past few years. And actually this year, I will be here at Brompton Road in person on Christmas Day. So if you're free and you're able, you are so welcome to come and join us here this year and celebrate Christmas together. You know, God is a God who is not remote and distant but he came to be with us in person. That is the message of Christmas in a nutshell. God is with us. You know, God could have entered into human history at any time, at any point, at any place, and at any particular place. He could have chosen to enter into the world through power, through prestige, and through privilege, but he didn't. He chose to enter during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy in a town in Galilee called Nazareth. And he sent a messenger to a poor, unwed, young female teenager from a minority group called Mary. And the message to Mary is this, you are highly favored. God is with you. Don't be afraid because you have found favour with God. So what does this tell us about God? Well, it tells us that God favours the hidden. You know, God turns everything in our world upside down. He is a God who is aware of the details and the circumstances in our lives. And he especially loves those who are hidden and considered nobodies in our world. I am a nobody who is loved by somebody. And because that somebody is God, everything is going to be okay. We are all very ordinary and broken people who are loved by an extraordinary God. And if today you feel hidden, forgotten, and unseen... I want to tell you today that God has not forgotten you. God loves you and he sees you. I love you, God, because you especially love the hidden. Reason number two, I love you, God, because you lift up the humble. You know, humility is probably the number one quality that God is looking for for when he often chooses to use a person. And it is the most beautiful quality, in my humble opinion. When you listen in on this conversation between Mary and the angel, the angel tells Mary what's going to happen, that she's going to give birth to a son. She's going to call him Jesus. He's going to rule and reign on the throne forever, and his kingdom is never going to end. You know, others might receive a message like that, and it might go straight to their head. They might say, yes, that is my moment. This is the moment where I'm gonna be the star of the show. In fact, it's probably a moment a bit like every Chinese tiger mother. This is my moment for my child to shine. But Mary's response is a bit like this. I don't know. And then followed by a, are you sure? And then lastly, she says, I'm yours. Whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do. There's this beautiful humility and openness to God, even though she doesn't really know what it all means. She says yes to God before she has any of the answers. And she knows she's not gonna be the star of the show. That role is reserved for Jesus. But she's happy to play her part in God's story, and in God's plan. She's made a decision that her life is going to be about being open and obedient to God and not about focusing on herself. And out of Mary's humility, God gives us the gift of his son, ultimately for the sake of the world. But he also gives Mary a gift Of creativity. A couple of weeks ago on a Friday, we were all here at Brompton Road packing bags for love Christmas. And the whole church had tables and bags and ribbons. And we were just packing away and Archie and Sam were here. There was a massive team of volunteers and we were writing Christmas cards, packing the bags, tying ribbons and just getting ready to send a wave of kindness across London this Christmas. And Archie and I were standing at the back of church and um, Archie turned to me and asked me, so Catherine, are you a creative? And I turned to him and I said, no, I'm not. There is only one creative person in my family, and it's not me. My sister is a creative. My sister did an art foundation at Camberwell College of Arts. She has a bachelor's degree in costume interpretation. She's worked on Savile Row in men's tailoring, and she also did a stint doing vintage bridal wear. So in my family, there is my sister, who is a creator and a maker, And she's pretty much the creative in our family. And I always say that she inherited all the creative genes from my mom, who was a seamstress for her whole working life and was always at her sewing machine. And after we had that conversation, when I went home that night, I thought to myself, uh, I wonder what the opposite of creative is? Um, Because I guess I'm that. So I went home and I opened up my Google and I typed in, what is the opposite of creative? And to my horror, the interwebs told me that the opposite of creative is destructive. So, Archie, I'm sorry. I am a creative, because I definitely don't think I'm destructive. You know, the creative has been defined as just having the ability or the power to create something new or imaginative. So if you make anything new or you come up with a new idea, you're technically a creative. I was thinking, oh, like, if you can bake a cake, you're creative. And someone said to me, even if you can create an Excel spreadsheet with particular macros, that is an act of creativity. And I, um, I said, I will ponder that one, and I'll let you know what I think. But a little bit later on in Luke 1, From verses 46 to 55, Mary writes a song. She's a songwriter and she's a creative. And I think it's because she's filled with the Spirit and the Spirit gives her this gift of creativity. And I kind of think it's like an Adele moment. She starts to break out into song. And actually she writes the first ever Christmas carol in human history. And she sings this. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, and he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. I love you, God, because you lift up the humble. And lastly, I love you, God, because you fill the hungry. Mary says in Luke 1 verses 53 that God has filled the hungry with good things. You know, the rate of inflation in our nation right now is at 11.1%. We have a cost of living crisis on our doorstep, and many this year will struggle to put food on the table and feed their families this Christmas. Physical hunger will be a reality for many, many people in our nation. And sometimes when I think about the problems of the world, I can feel overwhelmed, and I can start to feel very small, very inadequate, and slightly helpless. I imagine Mary knew something of this feeling. She knew poverty. She gave birth to her son in a stable. She had very little materially. She was poor and vulnerable. And when Mary asked the angel how the impossible will be possible, the angel simply responds by saying that the Holy Spirit will fill her and God will do it because he is faithful To his promises. You know, I can feel fearful when I forget that God is faithful. And God simply wants us to play our part, no matter how small that part is. When I speak to my friend Joe O'Sullivan, who runs our estate church in Delgano Way in North Kensington, you know, he fills me with faith, and helps me to believe that the impossible is possible with God. Many years ago, a small group of people at HDB felt stirred by the Holy Spirit to go. And a small group of people went to the World's End Estate in Chelsea to basically tell that community that God loved them and had not forgotten them. And they gave out Christmas hampers, much like the Love Christmas bags were giving out. And they just love people with words and with their actions. And Joe O'Sullivan at the time was just a kid growing up on the estate. And because of the words they shared with him, that God loved him and had not forgotten him, and the love they showed him, his life was transformed. And now Joe runs Delgano Way. And in North Kensington, he runs a social supermarket in their church, which basically tries to help people top up their weekly shop by um, giving out additional food for free. He and a team there, a small team, run a midweek kids club, which is basically there to support mums and kids who will really struggle this winter to make ends meet. And what they want to do is just to love that community They want to say, hey, we're here for you. God has not forgotten you and we love you. And that's their way of saying that we are with you and God has not left you. You know, yesterday on the Delgado Way estate, they gave out 1,400 bags of kindness to every single person on the estate And um, I WhatsApped Joe and I was like, are you okay if I share that story? He was like, a thousand percent, tell them that we gave out bags to every single person on the estate. And who knows what God might do with those bags this Christmas. We know that this city needs a message of love and hope at such a critical time. There is a massive hunger problem in this country. And I don't think it's just physical, I believe there's also a deep spiritual hunger, a real yearning for something more. And Jesus is the answer. You know, Mary had everything she needed because she had her Jesus. She had her Lord and her Saviour. But actually following and loving Jesus for her would involve deep sacrifice and real suffering. A sword would pierce her own soul many years later when she watched the Son of God die right in front of her very eyes. Jesus was emptied so that we might be filled. He experienced every kind of hunger, physical and spiritual, and humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And when the Holy Spirit makes that kind of love a reality, in our hearts that we can understand and take hold of. Trust me, your life is going to change. On Friday, the 2nd of December, 2022, that marked the seven-year anniversary of my dad passing away. And I remember that Christmas in 2015 was just really tough. And, um, we really didn't have much to say to each other, but we just wanted to be together and we got through that Christmas. But when I look back at the last seven years, I'm a little bit lost for words because God has brought us through one of the darkest times in our family. We still miss my dad every day and Christmas will never be the same again. But the way that God has brought hope and healing to my life in the past seven years is something I could never ask or imagine. When I rocked up here at HTB, I was hungry. I was searching and I was looking for God. I was looking for answers. And I'm so grateful to God for this community. You know, Jeremiah 29:13 says, "'You will seek me and find me "'when you seek me with all of your heart.'" And let me tell you that that promise in scripture really is true. I love you, God, because you fill the hungry. The message of Christmas is that there is hope for the humble, the hidden, and the hungry. God has moved towards us in love, and you have a choice to respond to God with honesty, with humility, and with your heart, just as Mary did all those years ago. You know, you don't have to have all the answers before you say yes to God. You can say yes to God today. I said that the talk was called Three Reasons I Love You from Luke 1. But there is a fourth reason, and it's not from Luke 1, but it comes from my heart. I love you, God, because you filled me with your spirit and your love has totally changed my life. In Jesus' name, amen.